In the center of the universe, on the planet Eternia, looms Castle Grayskull, ancient fortress of mystery, its power sought by the dark forces of Snake Mountain, sanctuary of sin and sorrow, ruled by the demon Skeletor and his evil acolytes. And the only thing that stands in their way is Prince Adam, who defends the secrets of Castle Grayskull as He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, keeping it real this week by not doing G.I. Joe. We're doing, oh gosh willing, Masters of the Universe Revelation uh, part two, episode three, when I told the other two people on this show, who we'll get to in a moment, that we were going to be doing this episode of this show this week on this show, the response was, uh, and I quote, uh, this is knowing is half the podcast and I am Ray Stacanus. To be fair, it was actually a uh, g. Yes, And I think that part you. G needs to be put uh, in there. You can't just say, uh. I'm Robert Clark Chan, and I care about my onomatopoeia. I'm Gina Ippolito, and uh and ugh are two completely different words. But ugh is is U-G-G, isn't it? Ugh. No, what, what the That's hell are you shoes, talking about? Dummy? Wow. I don't, yeah, I we really weren't talking don't like... about shoes, so why are you guys saying ugh? Well, how do you think uh is spelled? Do you think uh is spelled U-G-H? Because that's how Chan and I each spelled our uggs. Uh is spelled U-H-H. Everybody knows that. And it was not that. It was U G H. Ugh. ugh. No, you're, ugh. now you're saying ugh, which is U C H. Learn to uh, read, that's sir. E U U C C H for that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ugh. you could also do that. Yeah, uh, I got that from old Mad magazines. So that hmm. that's uh, my reference level. In case you, you want to go back and check, I have a feeling a lot of Robert Clark Chan was taken from old Mad magazines. If I can go ahead and oh, put that on the record, uh, the amount is uh, unsettling. Frankly, look the, the 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 similarities I see between Robert Clark Chan year twenty twenty two and Captain Klutz. I I'm just oh, saying God, Don Martin. Don Martin was the uh-huh. king. Ray, Same. you should have read more Mad magazine, and then you'd know how words are spelled and pronounced well the problem with books is they don't actually teach you how to pronounce words um uh reading them actually makes you less likely to pronounce them correctly uh, i just had an wrong. entire conversation about this there's a very famed 80s basketball player for the new york knicks who if you only knew him from playing video games where his name was written you'd think his name was patrick ewing but that is not what his name was it was patrick ewing oh boy how many times did that get you beat up in school? Well, thankfully, nobody ever asked my opinion on basketball when I was 10 years old. It would have <laughs> Weren't the you very already least... like 6'4 then? No, I grew later. You knew that. Mm-hmm. It I was, would have the I was, very I was least be the ooing. It wouldn't be e-wing. There's no, no words are like that. Yes, there are. X-Wing from Star Wars, and that's the only There's, reference level we had for a similar has word. A hyphen in There's it. a hyphen in there, so you're... Yeah, but your kid brains can't perceive hyphens. Everybody knows that. Oh, my God. Uh, I surprisingly did not hate this episode. Oh, I surprisingly oh, I did, did hate this episode, so oh, this is boy. crazy. I Wait, would like, you like, you I have, Wow. I, here's the thing. Oh. I have quite a lot of, they should have done this, this was bad, why'd they do this? 
I was just happy there was something different than last week's half hour fight. Oh my gosh, I last week complete- was so much better. I have completely Sorry, different problems with this show than I did last week. So <laughs> progress. Yeah. I have a lot to say about the writing of female characters and the characters Ooh. around those characters. You can, tell. You can uh, tell there's a lot of women in the writer's room of masters yeah. <laughs> of the universe revelation. Cause they get it. I actually, I did. I, I made a note to myself to look up if there was a single woman in there, any women at all. And then I, I was so, bra- I was so brain dead on that point at the end that I had to like sort of gloss over it. But, uh, yeah, at least it, it sort of progressed the plot. It, it's not a, it's still not a good plot, but at least it progressed. So I feel like I'm towards the end of something. Plot wise, I, I do like this turn better than I've liked things uh, in the series previously. Yeah, again, where it ends bar. up. Low bar. But, but like, yeah, where it ends up, I'm I'm looking forward to what I'm assuming will be sort of a final lady battle. I really don't like how Evelyn got there, which we'll talk about. Well, we will. The name of this episode, it's, uh, it's part two of season one, episode three, The Gutter Rat which I thought was uh, an interesting, you know, like well, that's very different than the other titles. So obviously this is going to tie into the the plot somewhere, I guess. Uh, but we open up exactly where we left off the last episode. And this is wild to me. It starts off with a Randor hug uh, with Adam. And then he forgives everyone. Everyone's forgiving everybody else in this moment. And then he hugs uh, Tila. And then he hugs uh, Battle Cat. Uh, Cringer, and then he was gonna hug a uh, other lady whose name we none of us will uh, admit to committing to memory. Uh, everybody gets a hug. It's delightful. This scene is ridiculous. I actually wrote that down. This scene is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, I wrote down the woman's name because this is really the first time that she's spoken in in many episodes, Doesn't and what she lot. says is really really stupid because basically he's like King Randor is like. Oh, who's this filler character that wasn't in the original, but someone somewhere, some exec somewhere was like, you need to half-assedly toss diversity into this. So just put a character in there and then don't develop them, which we all know is is what happened here. So he said, Who's this, who's this underdeveloped character that no one bothered to write? And Tila says, Oh, this is Andra. Uh, she saved Adam's life. And King Randor is like, all right, you can ask for pretty much anything you want. And she says, I've always wanted a family. So all I want is to stay here with you. And it's like, bitch, you would have gotten that anyway. Ask for money. I, okay. Here's the thing. Like, this feels like queer baiting, like from the beginning, it's like, oh, are the, uh, are Tila and this woman in a relationship of some sort? Um, you, you have all of the, like, uh, like cues to suggest that, and then they don't ever come out and say it, which feels very, uh, Kevin Smithy. Um, and so then, then we're here where she's like, you know, I just wish I want I, I want a family. And obviously you're not going to want to like, just boom, drop like, Hey, I would like to ask for Tila's hand in marriage or something like that. Um, Oh, but, your brain went to a totally different place than mine but did. But like something other than just, oh gosh, you know what? I'm kind of lonely. I just wish yes. I could be best friends with all of you. What is that bullshit? Yeah, it's Ugh. complete bullshit. And it's and for a character who has been so underdeveloped this entire time, this was actually an opportunity to write in something cool. Like I legitimately thought that she was going to say something like 
you know, she has she has like a long lost relative that she needs help finding or there's a kid in her hometown who got locked up for something. And can he, can he give him a Royal pardon something? And what she came up with was a billion times lamer than anything that I could have ever imagined. And she already had it. And honestly, I would have like much, much, much more respected this character if she had just said, yeah, all right. I want like five years salary. And if and if they had been like, oh, what? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to pay me for the work that I did because you just thought I was doing it for, for fun. Like, give me my fucking money. Instead, her stupid ass says, I've always wanted a family and I just want you to consider me family. And King Randall is like... Yeah, that's King the thing Randor about this character, a, though. A real stupid fake out where he's like, I'm afraid we can't do that because outsiders aren't allowed here. But you know who's not an outsider? Uh, uh, the fucking people who are in charge of my army. And let me tell you, if I was someone who had been mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. for King Randor for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. working my way up, I started as a, a, a military PA, if you will. For King Randor. Oh boy. I don't think that's how it works, but sure. And then yeah, go I on. got I got promoted to uh to military to lieutenant assistant assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I said where I really want to be is I really want to be in the uh the writing department. So so he made me a, a military showrunner's assistant. And I was like really close to finally, after putting in 10 years, starting out with like minimum wage, doing lunch runs and coffee runs. I was like, oh shit, any day now, this dude is going to make me a lieutenant. And then some bitch walks in and he's like, yeah, name what you want. And she has the stupidest answer ever, which is just, I want a family. And he's like, no, you know what? I'm going to give you Gina's job. Uh, You're going to be our new lieutenant. I would be like, oh, I'm going to kill this bitch in her sleep. Yeah. And I like how you're uh, like a mercenary, but I'm just going to slot you into this chain of command of a military organization. You don't know dick about any of it. Like, okay, you know, your job is to uh, 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 like tell troops to go here or there and to know what uh, uh, sort of tools they have available to them. So you can say, like, hey, deploy this to this and you go here and we're going to, you know, do some sort of pincher movement. No, she's someone who's just like, like a, been a bounty hunter or something. I hate oh my everything God. about this scene, and I hate the fact that, uh, yeah, that that like Chan said, this character was introduced seemingly to be to maybe like be be a gay appealing character. I think it was just that someone said, "Hey, the original had no diversity." Let's talk, but then they didn't do the actual work of writing a character for her. Also, um, this makes it much worse. Everything about her storyline now, I hate. Before, I was just like, oh, this bitch in the background whose name I don't know. And now I'm like, oh, I actively hate your character now. uh, I did actually look it up. And of the 10 episodes, two of them are written by uh, women, or I should say woman. It is one woman, Daya uh, Mishra, who wrote this episode and uh, Poison Chalice, which is probably a later episode, I guess. Take that, Gina. I'm going to go out on a limb and say her original draft was probably much different than what she delivered. And uh, some dude showrunner and some dude execs got all up in there and she tried to fight the good fight, but wasn't a high enough level to uh, do anything about it. This, I believe I mean, Kevin this Smith fe- pounded his fist on the table and said, Dia Mishra, I want you to respect women more in your script. That's what I think happened. This, I, I, honestly, this all feels like... Um, the entire thing, my my 
the second biggest issue I have with this is that it's all tell no show. It's all yeah. all of this is just like here's here's my deal as a father, you know, and like let me try and like draw some parallels to being a king, but really it's all about being a person because even later He Man's like, uh, yeah, boy, I found out my uh, parents were actually just human beings, like. Yeah. Cool, man. That's the plot that that's the the plot to every goddamn story, you know, the past 30 years. Um except that they have the wherewithal to actually tell the story instead of like write down the the outline and just hand it to the audience. Yeah, I will say that like one of my many issues with this show is that sometimes it feels like like I don't know who this show is for in terms of age range. Because sometimes it feels like they're being overly exposition-y. And if this was aimed at the original audience of the 80s and said, like, okay, this is for, you know, mainly, like, 7- to 10-year-old boys, that would make sense. But then there's other stuff that it's clearly not. It's clearly aimed at people who were kids during the original and are now adults. But it feels like they're getting two sets of notes from execs. It feels like there's kids' execs that are like, oh, you have to really spell out what's going on here put in a lot of childish exposition. And then there's other execs who are like, I want Evelyn to fuck this skeleton head. <laughs> okay, here it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you right now, my biggest problem uh, uh, with the whole show, because I think I figured it out, um, or I guess I figured out one more uh, big overarching <laughs> problem this episode. It is that... They're trying to take the piss out of uh, this nostalgic property, uh, which is fine. You know, you're going to do like a uh, um, an Austin Powers like, yeah, but really, um, James Bond was kind of bullshit here. The, you know, and we're going to create these jokes to show you how it's all bullshit. That's what, how this is set up. Here's how all of these things are. You know, if you look at them like using real human um, interactions are kind of silly. Fine. But then instead of making it into a, um, a parody, they try and play it straight. Like, oh, this is bullshit, right? But, you know, really, it's it's all about uh, heart and, and there's real human motivations here. But they've stripped all the, f- the foolishness away and shown us the foolishness and then just left it like that. And they're like, but you care about it, right? No, you yeah. haven't given us any reason to care about it. So, yeah, like, I think I... I think I've said this before, but yes, everything about this is so surface level because it, it, spoiler alert, in this episode, we're about to get into sort of more of like the abusive relationship between Evelyn and Skeletor. And it feels so, everything about this feels so surface. It feels like someone pitched a story and then no one dove any deeper into it so someone pitched a story that said oh what if we portray it as an abusive relationship and they said yeah great he'll he'll be abusive to her and that's it there's no there's no no nuance there's no it's like an it's like a bot or like an ai wrote it and there's there's no subtlety there's no shades there's nothing it's just all surface and then like when it when uh the turn comes it just whiplash like the character just yes. suddenly stops being whatever. And he's like, okay, well let's move on. This is not important. Like, yeah, the character, can we have the, 
have a fucking, you know, like arc for the character instead of just like up, down, up, down. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have some pitches to make it better, but uh this this ridiculous opening scene is ridiculous. And then Adam's mom shows up, who I guess I I guess she was in the first season, and I must have forgotten that it was Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone's 45 years old, and they draw this broad like she is 65 <laughs> years old. <laughs> so She's 45 voice, who's seen a lot. The the voice does not match up. I actually chatted the guys this to say, like, who the hell? Because they're they draw her with like lines on her face and grays in her hair, and she looks, yeah, like she's supposed to be 60. But her voice is of a young, uh, yeah. boisterous Alicia Silverstone. And it was, to me, very jarring. And and I love her. I love Alicia Silverstone. I think she's a great actress. I think she's a great voice actress. This felt like a placeholder voice. Some writer at the table was like, yeah, yeah, I'll dub it in until our real actress can get here. Uh, well, okay. Uh, part of the problem is- They should have used an actual 60-year-old actress if that's what they're doing. Don't where are you going to find one of those in Hollywood, Gina? That's true. Where are you going to find them? Uh, yeah, women don't turn 60 in Hollywood. They just disappear. <laughs> Thank um, you. Uh, the problem partly is the casting, yes. But the other part is, I don't know, the dialogue? Long story, my butt. You're going to come with me this instant. That's uh, something that um, a 60-year-old woman says to uh, her <laughs> I love that line. Just I love comes it. I believe back it. after being dead. Long story, my butt. Come here. You. Yeah, I want everyone to listen to that and picture. And it and it felt a little to me like, uh, it, it felt a little bit like ageist casting. And it's like, come on. If you're not going to cast a six-year-old woman in a voiceover role, like, go fuck yourself. It felt like someone was like, oh, we should get Alicia Silverstone. And they were like, all right, what roles are left? Can we make her this? Uh, you guys yeah. wouldn't believe this. I just looked up IMDb. Alicia, Alicia Silverstone, 60 years old. You wouldn't believe <laughs> what? it. What? What? Yeah. She ages. Um, no, I have a couple of thoughts about this opening scene. I, I'd like to get in before it seems like everybody else wants to move on. Uh, first off, I feel like this entire scene could have been an email. <laughs> I, I had it's completely unneeded, unnecessary. Like you could have told me afterwards and then everybody made up and I would have had just as much emotional fulfillment from seeing them go around in a circle, having the same conversation with each other over and over again. Uh, I like that mom came back. Long story, my butt. I loved it because in my mind, this is mom taking her mom control of the situation. They're trying to push her back. And she's like, no, uh, Adam, I thought you were dead. I'm your mom. We go in somewhere because mommy's going to hear about this. And I kind of just appreciated she was not going to be pushed aside. She was going to take her rights to hear what the F is going on uh, and also allow us another opportunity to hear the same exposition in case we missed the first seven episodes. This next chunk gets uh, so much worse. Uh, the, the next chunk of the uh, um, uh, Adam parents situation We'll get to it's that. Totally unnecessary. Like I get it. I understand what they're going for, but let's go to Man at Arms hugging this tentacle monster in this prison cell or whatever that he's doing. <laughs> this was crazy to me because this thing's been in there to torment him. Skeletor zapped it. Now Man at Arms is like, "It's okay, my friend. I will nurse you back to health with my own bosom." Like, what is happening in there? Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually this was actually something that I kind of liked, although it felt like they had. Much like everything else in this very ADD show, 
It felt like they skipped a bunch of scenes yes. because I kind of like the fact that it's like, yeah, you know, like prisoners together sort of bonding like type of thing. There's no atheists in a, in a foxhole type of thing. Like I like the fact that, oh, he's looking at this once mighty beast that has been broken down much like he has in this cell and he feels bad for it. Right. But considering the fact that like, the last scene we saw of this was that monster trying to kill him. Yes. Like we need to, we need a couple of scenes in there about the passage of time. It can't just go from one to the other. It's, it's giving me whiplash of like, and and that's, it's uh, again, a major problem that I have with this show is that there's, there's no, they don't let anything breathe at all. And nothing has, I, I feel like it's, it's like a little kid explaining a story and they're, they're like, and then there's this monster and it's trying to kill him, but then they're friends. And it's like, all right, kid, you got to fucking put some, some steps in between. there. <laughs> the fuck I do. They're friends now and they hug. So what you're saying I mean, is that the target demo, we figured it out. It's like four-year-old boys. I guess. Yes. Somehow. Yes. Um, I did appreciate uh, Evil Lynn comes into the cell. She's like, in this hilarious? I could zap the monster or I could make him happy with zapping. I don't know. I can do some shit. And she says, tell me about the sorceress that you all used to be banging. And he's like, no. She's like, well, I'm going to take the memory anyway. He's like, all right, fine. Like, you know, these threats are pretty quick. Like, they give in pretty quick in this uh, in this. Yeah. World. Yeah, <laughs> like, and again, maybe take this the first him, one. This is him. Uh, yeah, just just spilling way too much information without yeah. any. Like they're not torturing him. He's not, you know, like, uh, yeah, like hold out a little longer, dude. Like let her try and rip it from your brain first before you're like, dude. Clearly wants to gossip. Like he's, yeah. like, he's. Man at arms like, about the gossip. Like, oh, it's like it's like, ooh, can you spill this secret? I'm not supposed to. Please. Okay. Here's no. how it goes. I love we've the got, sorceress. We've got exposition to get out here. Nobody's uh <laughs> being tight lipped with this shit. It's like, I feel like every scene can, of this entire episode is just people giving exposition with nothing happening. Like it's so all, all, with, the, with like one exception, and that's the hot boning <laughs> scene we'll get to in a sec, but um <laughs> Like, it's all I've had a secret for 50 years, and now I finally get to let it out. Yeah. And then you give me your 50-year-old secrets, and we'll just <laughs> let them out at each other. And then they cut over to another scene where two other people are like, you also have a 50-year-old secret? This is crazy. Wow. Let's share them. And it's like you do that t- 12 <laughs> times in a row, and by the end of it, I'm just exhausted. I'm just I – mean, you could have spread these out over, like, an entire season. Like, I don't know. Give me one earlier. I the, crazy to me so um but she she says i have all the power in the universe he says yeah everybody knows you're more powerful than skeletor why you his bitch and she's yeah, just so like is, yo this is in in this episode alone uh, let's keep track in this episode alone dude number one who manipulates evelyn to his own uh to his own benefit and and dude number one who she doesn't really who she, who this very smart woman doesn't really know she's being manipulated or or she knows but doesn't care you know like give me something where she she's sort of like i know what you're trying to do bitch and it's not you gonna know, work 
Instead, she like sort of starts crying. And I'm like, you're, are you serious? Like, really? Okay, so dude number one, and also just fail number one from Evelyn being a dumb bitch. And yeah, and I would just say like, I think, and, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, Gina, I think the correct tact, if this is the way we want to go is, he's manipulating her, but he's saying shit that she wants to hear. And so therefore she's more easily, she'll take that information because it's, it's a confirmation bias of what she already wants to believe. Right. Is that like a, no, that's a better way to think I, than her I, crying. No, I don't, I don't think that. I think that she, she, here's the thing. She should have already put this together on her own. Okay, fair. Uh, she doesn't need to be told this by him. The goddamn sorceress. But, but the the problem, the major, major problem with this episode is that you have a character who has always been portrayed as intelligent. She's even in the original, she was she was smart, she was ambitious. Yes. And the yeah, they they sort of get the science of abuse wrong and the psychology of abuse wrong because basically what they have been trying to set up is that deep down she knows. She knows she's more powerful than him. She knows she deserves better. But because of her beginnings and and him sort of grooming her, she has fallen in love with him. And this is, you know, she sort of wants, she doesn't want to do that hard ass work of being like, oh God, I've let myself be abused. So she's sort of feeding this lie to herself because it's easier than the the hard work of of breaking out of this abusive cycle but instead in this episode they throw out that she hates him which is out of nowhere all of a sudden she hates him which is like not not really how like couples abuse works uh yeah i had i had huge problems with this but her like man at arms is basically like he he only has power because you let him have power so you really, you're more powerful than him and he's shitting all over you. And I would have liked her to to sort of already know this, but not really care. But instead she like starts, starts she turns away and sort of starts crying. Like it's never occurred to her yeah. before. I don't know. Wrong. That Look, felt wrong. Gina, it just felt out of character for everybody. This is a tale all about female empowerment. <laughs> and you. I think we all Thank know. You. That in order for a woman to be empowered, she needs a um, <laughs> a beta male to tell her that uh, she just falls for bad boys <laughs> and she just needs to get herself right. She don't need no men, at which point she can then claim all of the power in the universe. Um, it's not something that she can do herself, mind you. Uh-huh, she needs uh-huh. that uh, uh, chubby best friend, uh, the um, the impotent man who used to be the most <laughs> uh, dangerous man in Eternia. Like that whole riff where she's going on about how like his dick is limp. I was like, wow, that is really on the nose. Then later on, fucking <laughs> geek man is all, oh, I've loved you from the shadows for so long. And don't you know that you're the strongest one and what you can just leave your shitty uh, football captain boyfriend anytime you want. <laughs> you're super powerful. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. did miss, I, I wanted a moment where the purple tentacle monster chimed in and he was like, yeah. he's like, you know, even when 
Yeah, he's telling you the truth. He's no good for you. Yeah, you need to get your groove back, girl. (laughs) Oh Uh, my god, I would have died. It's it's basically what Man at Arms said because he was like, everybody here uh, pities you. Uh, We, uh, you know, like all these people can hear this. Hear you getting beaten up by your boyfriend. What the fuck? I mean, I have to admit, I do kind of like when he was like, everybody pities you because because honestly, I was like, oh, shit, like he's really going for the jugular here when man in arms has to be. He can be a real dick, but they Mm -hmm. didn't. But the problem is that they didn't play it like that. Like they 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 didn't play it like, oh, this is sort of his his. Yeah, I don't know. Also, it's like I would have loved it if they had portrayed her as like a very powerful woman who always had power which is what Skeletor was attracted to in the first place but then like so many abusers he spent his time cutting her down because he was afraid of that power but instead this was sort of like yeah she was always like totally powerless no because she came along and then she made created that power. that orb in the alley. We learned, like, so she just didn't know what to do with the power. But yeah, she but had the power. The potential was there. It would. I mean, it would have been great if she had already sort of like mastered this power. Sure. Uh, yes. And he came along and used his superior intelligence to sort of manipulate her. But throughout this entire episode, he is portrayed as an idiot. And there is no way. Like, I, I. There's a part later that I really, really hate. But there's no way that a dude this stupid that does not catch on to very obvious things would have held on to power for this long. Like, you know, one of the cool things about sort of the Star Wars universe with all its problems is that anytime there's a Sith Master, like, you know that they're they're eventually going to be killed by their protege or they're going to kill their protege. But, like, they can't just have that power and so you're telling me that a dude this stupid that Skeletor has been this stupid for so many decades that not once did someone else say like I think he's pretty stupid I'm gonna try and seize power from him and succeed because he's about to prove himself very stupid and when we get there I will point out why oh yeah yeah all of this is true now let's go over to maybe the most uncomfortable storyline uh mom and dad are King Randor uh had a lot of stress in their relationship fractured and fell apart because of the death of their <laughs> yeah. child i blocked this out i forgot about oh. death of, no here's the deal it is well known i mean look this is this is a real thing that happens if you are a couple yes. and you have a kid and the kid of dies course. the, 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 the yeah. relationship has a very hard time staying together through that because shit is so hard for both of you inevitably that emotion turns against the other one especially yeah. if there's any way to blame them whatsoever for it Anyway, yes. in creation. Oh, you told him he should have swimming lessons and the car of the person driving him got hit on the way to swimming lessons. I'm divorcing you. Like that is that is legitimate. That is a real thing that happens. That is not a thing I need out of my He-Man. <laughs> That's uh, all. And I don't need you know it what? out of my we He-Man. Also don't, it's too much. We also don't need a child saying, oh, your divorce is all my fault. <laughs> My, yeah, literally, yeah, he's, literally. He's like Hold in on. his twenties. Yeah. He's not a seven-year-old. Yeah. This is all my fault. My death <laughs> killed your marriage. Oh, my death killed your marriage. My death. It's a great line. Great Again, line. this, no this feels like a storyline that, in better hands, 
would be very interesting. Like if the if they're this king and queen and now their marriage is just for show because of this and and you know maybe Randor thinks that because Adam is back now things can go back to the way they were but that's not but like they're not going to spend we know they're not going to spend any more time on this. They don't even spend None. any time on the characters and plot lines that they already do have. Yeah. So to introduce this as a throwaway plot, what's going to end up happening is in the last episode it's going to be like Oh, everything's wrapped up and they're going to turn to each other and be like, I love you. And like, we never talked about our issues or went to therapy, but let's kiss. Uh, I am an idiot because uh, when she first shows up, the queen like hugs Adam and then there's this look to the king over his shoulder. And I was like, oh, where are we going with this? This is something, you know, like they'll sort of like uh, let it bubble and simmer. And then we're going to find out where there's a resentment. No. Three minutes later, bam, bam, over the head. Yo, we stopped uh, uh, being together because uh, of the stress of the relationship and all. I'm like, what? There's this is uh, there's so much happening and it's so clumsy. Uh, Why are we introducing? uh, Why are we introducing new plot points for characters we already kind of don't care about? Two episodes before the end of the season. Like, I don't know. It seems like a little late in the season to be introducing new ideas, right? Am I crazy? Look, either this should be 20, 30 episodes minimum, or you just do the look. You just do the look, and uh, the king looks back at her, and you're like, oh, uh, something happened here. And then you leave it and and let people figure it out. Um, You don't just come in and fucking hammer it. In yeah, are you suggesting real storytelling? Is that what you're suggesting right here? G.I. Uh. Joe will return after these messages. New from the Masters of the Universe collection. Get up, Bones! The collector case that carries more than warriors, more than weapons. Your parents put it together. To battle! Battle Bones can also help you carry on the struggle. Struggle for all the power in the universe. The Battle Bones Collector Carry Case. New from Mattel. Each toy sold separately. Now back to GI Joe. This it, it feels like, it. like an outline, and the poor writer was just like, "Okay, I'm just going to try and uh, flesh this out so it sounds like real humans talking." It's like, no, no time. Just, just, just take this stuff that I wrote on the whiteboard and cram it in there. Yeah, this. To be fair, and we've, I've, I've even said I've enjoyed this show for the most part. Um, I, this show does not allow you to breathe or take t- time to breathe. And Gina said it earlier in this episode, but we've been saying it all along as well. Like this is just a show that says we have too much shit to do to be bogged down in thinking about things. No time for feeling anything. We have another plot point about broken up king marriages. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I was sort of joking when I said I forgot about this, but there is so much more that happens in this episode. Like just, uh, here's the thing. This, because we're about to get to the most offensive part of the whole episode. <laughs> but like, if you want to just, if you want to make an episode that is all about that's just 25 minutes or however long this this is about how 
Evelyn and Skeletor met and why their relationship is the way it is, great. I would write the hell out of that. There's so much other crap stuffed in here. And then their actual, like, this is how we met and this is why I feel the way we do, is so underwritten and stupid that, like, they're not they're not servicing any storyline. So uh, what and, I hear TV's Gina Polito so saying. What I hear TV's Gina Polito saying is, don't let women in your writer's room. They'll write garbage <laughs> like this. <laughs> Only men, please. Is that did I hear I that truly, correctly? I truly think that uh, that this is a probably a case of the the outline that the writer did was probably very different than what made it on screen. I'm giving I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt based on to. the rest of the series. Essentially. It's not like every episode was every character was really well-developed and perfect. And then all of a sudden this one came along and it was, it wasn't, <laughs> there are threads of ideas in here. It's just, none of those threads are followed. Like you're, you're grasping straws and all of them are the, the short straw. There's no long straw. <laughs> this is entirely speculation on my part, but it feels like to me, they were told, bring a woman on um, to your writing staff. Otherwise, you know, all those liberals will get so mad at you. Okay, fine. Bring in um, a chick to uh, write a couple episodes. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Let's give her the uh, the bitch episode where, like, just this women's, all this women shit, all these chicks doing their thing, whatever. I don't, um, and then I don't think she tries to write all. it, and they're like, no, 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 no. What, 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 what's with all these words? What, what, with all these yeah. things? Just, just. Do just do what the uh, the plot is and write out the plot so that we can move on to the cool stuff, the, the punchy kicky. Yeah, I'm also curious like what level this writer chick is because a lot of shows will do will sort of hire because they're worried about you know about getting called out, but then they'll hire like the one woman or the one person of color as the lowest level in the room. So even if they do 100%. have something to Gina, contribute, this was I her can, first. Can, uh, this was her first gig uh, since being a writer's assistant for correct. a long ass time. Yeah, so um, there, there you go. If you're gonna, if you're gonna hire a voice in the room, make sure they are not the lowest level in the room. Uh, but, cute um, thing. One of the shows that she wrote for was Powerless. Uh, mm. so there you I go. did like that show, and The Tick. I did like The Tick as well. The live uh, action tick. You know what? We get to a, we get to uh, the one thing that I'll say about this episode before we get to the end and I'll sort of justify why I said yeah, I didn't hate this episode. I thought the celestial apex coming up looks pretty fucking cool. Agreed. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, 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 we are, we have a lot more story to get through. So I'm going to do a big chunk of story and we'll talk about it just because real quick. Uh, otherwise we're going to be that, here two extra hours than Gina wants. Right at the beginning. <laughs> Right at the beginning, he says, If things fall apart any further, the center will not hold. Oh, have you read Yates once? Is that something that you remember from high school English? Yep. And you're just going to throw that in w without making any sort of goddamn sense at all? This was the first time in this episode, it was not the last, where somebody was like, I'm going to put that in there because I heard it. It's a smart thing that people say. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it was. It I loved was, it. Yes, yes. It told it's me like that if, these people like read. If, like if Ray wrote an episode uh, right after he, he read a, a particularly 
stirring Laffy Taffy rapper joke. Oh shit, then- Gina! I tell you what, I got news for you. Stay tuned in July. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, big chunk of plot here. Skeletor, he wants answers. He got, wants the power. He wants to know how did Adam get the power without the sword? And then he's in some sort of weird, like, circular thing staring at the universe. He's like, Lynn, come here. I'm going to show you something. She steps in, and all of a sudden, they're, like, in the center of the universe, staring out over the celestial apex, which Gina's right, looked absolutely badass. Um, you see the eternity. It's like the, uh, what was that thing in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? The uh, the infinite uh, the thing they put Zaphod Beeblebrox in, where you can see the entirety of the universe and then how small he is in relation to it. The, yeah, uh, um, that thing. Oh my god, I would, normally would know the name of it, but I'm I've been hitting the head a lot. Skeletor says, "Don't stare too deep into the void, even though it's fun, because it'll fuck you up." Uh, and so the same thing with this device from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, he says, uh, "He says I want to have all the power in the world," and she says, "Like fucking why?" Why is that so goddamn important? Because then I could kill He-Man. And she's like, you are a fucking dope. Like, you you have the chance and ultimate power of the entire universe to the point where nobody has any power whatsoever. And the only thing you care about is goddamn He-Man. You are goddamn pathetic. At which point he calls her an imaginative little gutter rat for suggesting a plot to bring He-Man to him anyway. And this triggers a flashback scene in her. Before we get to the flashback, anything more we want to add to this? Yeah, I I will say that like I the the you know the animation in this part with the celestial apex looks really cool, and I also really do like the plot point that this new power that Skeletor has lets him see all of the universe and all of time, and that he is showing it to Evelyn again. It was something that they introduced made it seem like it was going to be a huge plot point and then immediately discarded. Because what happens is when Evelyn goes in there, she sort of starts freaking out about, oh my God, like everything is meaningless. We're meaningless. Look at look at this great big universe that we're in. I can see all of eternity, blah, 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 blah. Not a new concept. You know, they do this in Doctor Who with why the master is the way he is. Uh, uh, just like, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide. But I think that it would have been, they introduced that and then it does not come back at all. Basically, it doesn't alter Evelyn. So I think that what would have been cool is if, you know, because we're about to have a scene where Beast Man again shoots his shot and is like, yo, you're with an abusive dick, blah, blah, blah. And then we see Evelyn and Skeletor meeting. And then we find out that she hates him, which makes no sense narratively. But I think Weird. what would have been cool is if they had rearranged these the orders of these scenes. So, you know, maybe maybe Skeletor makes another cutting remark to Eva Lynn. She sort of goes out to the alley to g- gather her thoughts. Beast Man says to her again, hey, you're with a dick. She should just say to him, like, you don't understand I love him. I see something that other people don't just like all the excuses that a lot of abused women use. And then, you know, she sort of regales him with the tale of here's how we met and how he, how he's treated me well. And then she goes in and talks to Skeletor who brings her into this. Oh, you can see all of time and space in here. And then we see what actually happened in those, memories and we see that she's been looking at them all these years with rose-colored glasses she sees the start of her relationship with Skeletor 
realizes that? that it's not that she has been making excuses for him for years and he's actually been abusing her. And she has just been been, you know, lo- like I said, looking at it through rose colored glasses because she wants to believe that he loves her and he's not just doing this. And that's what makes her realize, OK, fuck, I've got to get out of this. As it is, none of these scenes individually hold any meaning or they just don't narratively make sense with what came before it. There you go. I just punched up your fucking episode in four minutes. If you have a TV show, if you're a showrunner, can you possibly believe your luck that you can hire (laughs) TV's Gina Ippolito to be in your writer's room literally today? Today you could hire her (laughs) to a six-figure, seven-figure contract. (laughs) <laughs> and and you only owe me 15% of that for convincing you in this moment. Everyone involved, you're welcome. Second off, it's called it's called the Total Perspective Vortex. That was the name of the Hitchhiker's Guide thing. I had to look okay. it up because I would literally have my own Total <laughs> Perspective Vortex of never sleeping again if I had not looked it up in the moment. And, and Gina's right. Beastman, uh, the Beastman scene, I he's constantly trying well, to fuck Hold her. on. Hold yeah. on. Just <laughs> yes. real quick. Um, the thing that the, the little cylinder he takes her into and shows her, you know, like how small they are in comparison to this huge, you know, a bit like, um, it's a really amazing video that you can watch on YouTube and any of dozens and dozens of videos about what our galactic cluster looks like. If you Mm want to look at, um, uh, just look up like a, a, how big is a star you'll see, you know, like all sorts of videos, like here's the size of our sun. Here's the next biggest thing. Here's the, uh-huh. you know, pull you a big, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's cliche to the point that you will find it in any friggin' science textbook in America that, um, you know, not that there are many left, but sure. Some people learn science. It's, basic it's a goddamn youtube video that he showed her and she's like oh all of a sudden i renounce all of my worldly views i'm now a nihilist i believe in nothing please if you're 14 that would sell she's yeah i I can't help but feel this is deeply personal for you and based on (laughs) true experiences but that's, that's what, the here's thing. the thing that's what i'm saying this scene means essentially means nothing because Skeletor basically snaps her out of it. Like, he's like, oh, you don't want to look too long. And she's like, oh, okay. And it's like, what What was the point of the scene that I just watched? Whereas if it's something where you go in and it sort of shows you your life over the years or shows you what you need to see or what you've currently got on your mind, then that would narratively move the plot forward. Uh, this does not. Yes. So now we're going to talk about Beastman because he really wants to get with Evil Lynn and I want this to succeed. The problem is she's a, a hot, smart as a whip sorceress and he's like a red, uh, you know, monster. He's um, an incel. Yeah, he, here's the thing. I think that we're supposed to be. So when, when Skeletor takes Evil Lynn inside this cylinder and shows her the void, uh, that's the second time in this episode when she's being manipulated by a dude. Beastman is is manipulating her again. And I will 100% say this character is written by a fucking friend zone dude who mm-hmm. legitimately, like, they wrote this 
hoping people would ship them, not realizing mm-hmm. that he's just as big a piece of shit as Skeletor. And I hate shit like this. It's 2022. Again, consult a woman because literally all you had to do with this character was was just have him like sort of either like genuinely be a friend to where he sees her crying and he's like, are you okay? And then she's just like sort of unloads on him like, I know he loves me. I know he does. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's just like, well, okay, like, I'm sorry that you're sad. Instead, he's very clearly also trying to manipulate her and also want, because he himself wants to fuck her, which is like every, like, John Hughes 80s movie friend zone. And I thought we had moved past. In another universe, I would be shipping this couple if he just was a good friend to her. And she somehow, like, at the end is like, oh, do you want to give this a shot? And he's like, what? Oh, crap. Uh, really? All right. Instead, he's like, yeah, fuck it. You should get on my dick. Get off his dick. I would treat you so good. Uh, And I hate it. And also, so again, third character that's manipulating her. This is where she basically says... She says, I hate Skeletor, but I owe him my life. And then we see a flashback of how they met. Again, much more interesting if she loves him. Not at all. It costs her, if she hates him, it costs her nothing to turn against him. Mm -hmm. If she loves him, it costs her all of these years. So she's just essentially like, so what? She's been fucking a dude she hates all these years? Like, it's very weird. And also not at all in keeping with what we've seen of her. So we're about to see this flashback. And I I will say, I wish in this flashback, and again, I don't think that the I don't think that the writing is clever enough to pull this off. I wish we had seen Skeletor in all of his brilliance manipulating her. Instead, what we end up seeing is a very ham-fisted stupid idiot who is is just sort of like negging her but like i want to see his like give and take i want to see his sort of like him rescue her and then like be abusive but then pull it back and you know like bring her flowers all we see is him one time rescuing her is that the only nice thing he's done for her the entire series what's that is that the only thing, the only nice thing he's done for this entire series? Because I can't remember a time when he has been kind to her, like a normal yeah, human being. Yeah, I, I think that this is it. And and the thing is, too, again, I want to see, I want to see at some point why he did it. I want him to have been manipulating her from the start. And also, mm-hmm. so basically, like she said, she says this flashback. Here's how I met. She tells this terrible story about her how her poor parents were so poor that they couldn't afford food. One day they just decide, decide to eat her, what? which Hold is on insane. One it's second, insane. Gina. Right before we get there, I just want to just add one thing because I agree with you completely about uh, the way Beastman is treated here. Um, nice guys just don't get a chance. And I think <laughs> I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, I just wish you could see uh, what a cool guy he is deep down. Oh, my God. Um, if she If she ends up with him... I will write so many angry letters and mail them to anyone. I'll mail them to Netflix. I'll mail them to. As I was watching this, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Are they going to hook up at the end of this evil Lynn with Andra? 
is that why they're not pushing that like the that she is a lesbian or at least by uh nah, i think you're just keeping giving it, it low-key so at the end they can just like what they're les well they're gonna they're gonna lick each other <laughs> jesus christ what just I happened? mean, here's the thing. When she was interacting with Orko, that was Good actually Lord. kind. That was actually interesting. Like that was yes. the first time when you were like, "Oh, all right." Like she she's getting to know him, and she actually cares when Orko is gonna die. Mm-hmm. And then they undid all of that, and then and then yeah, now this is this is. I would have loved to see her sort of come from this these abusive parents to like overcome it and stuff. But instead, they're like she was like. Literally, like, oh, my parents were poor, so they decided to eat me. And it's like, well, you skipped about eight steps there. Yeah, <laughs> this is my biggest question here is how did we get to this point where this is like, this is just what you do. And their house didn't look completely empty. They own yeah. a house. Like, and how do we all of a they just ravenous with knives and forks being like, time to eat my kid. Don't they yeah. understand that if they eat their kid, that their relationship will tear apart like King Randor and the Queen? Not also, cool, they guys. An- they they animate them as like they're like smiling and they're like Fucking clearly creepy. very happy to eat their kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It was, it's a it weird, weird ass. And also, it's-, it's a spur of the moment decision, uh, which is weird. If you like, if you're raising a pig for five years and you're going to slaughter it, like, uh, okay, you're planning <laughs> ahead. You're going to yeah. do it so that it's not going to make a big mess, like. If you're planning on killing your kid and you've got to this point where, you know, things are so hard, I don't know, kill her in her fucking sleep instead <laughs> yeah. of coming at her with a butter knife and a fork? Yeah, while wild. you're, Jeez. like, smiling. And by the way, her parents did not look ill-fed either. Like, they did not, not at fat, all. Not but they're not all. they're not gaunt and starving. Uh, uh, no, like, I want to see them out of their minds with hunger so that they really think that this is their only option. It is. But whatever. It's just, the way it's presented is so insane to me, though, because it's just like we grew up poor. Sure. Uh, we were very hungry all the time. Yeah. So it just naturally comes to be that time when <laughs> you try to eat your daughter. Well, OK, I'm sorry. OK, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? What? What now? There's, Where do there's we get? a lot more questions that that raises that need answering. That is correct. But they're not going to answer any of them. They're not going to move on. Time, you could take that time where you're talking about <laughs> how the how the king's relationship <laughs> broke it up to talk <laughs> about this. Listen, I, as they're telling the story. Okay, follow me if this if what I'm about to say tracks a, a, a logical story. We were very very poor, and we were very very hungry, and we were at, we were at our wit's end, and they have a daughter. So unfortunately, it came to time where you sell the daughter to terrible people so that you can make money to eat. That is a yeah. logical uh, what would happen in this world. Not I'm grabbing a butter knife, <laughs> licking my teeth and chasing after her. That is not okay, hold what on. would happen under any circumstances. Let's let's hear this. I was born in the Zilesian slums. Okay. And on my fifth birthday, my yep. starving parents had no choice. Yes, okay. no choice. As you say, I definitely thought at this point, I'm going to sell her into sex, sex slavery. Okay. Yeah. But to eat their only daughter. Okay, wait. Oh, 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 oh. Wait a minute. All caps <laughs> in my notes is just what? And for a while there, I was just what? what? Also, I like, that, I like that she's telling this story to Beastman, and he's not, and he makes no noise. He's not even like, oh. That doesn't uh... surprise him. Look, in Beastman's culture, you eat him at four. 
That's what I learned yeah. out of this. Is this a normal and he, thing? And the, 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 you know, the, the exact reading this was like, great, no notes. Now what? And it's no like, notes. so I ran to the gutters and lived there for 10 years. And it's like, okay, are we going to come back to the- No, 19. we're not coming back to 20, Gina. 20 oh, years. Okay. No, hold on. At the age, of, no, she was five. She, so she came out at 25. She could have come out at 17. Probably done the same amount of shit. I mean, here's the like, thing. Again, why, why wait until 25? Did you need to rent a car? That's what I want to know. But uh, again, skipping a whole lot of steps here because because <laughs> immediately I was like, because she says with the rats, I went underground with the rats. And I was yeah. thinking like, oh, and they became her only friends. And then I was like, wait, has she been eating the rats? Is that what, what there's implying? So she didn't go up like into the light for 20 years or are we? And then when they show her at 25 years old, she's like stealing. And I'm like, look. There's an interesting story here. Her parents tried to sell her to to someone. She ended up running away. She hid out in the gutter until they stopped looking for her, which, let's be realistic, would probably be three or four days if they're really starving. They're not going to expend that much energy. And then she, and then like, tell me something like, I did whatever it took to survive. And then we can see her eating rats, stealing things, pickpocketing. I want to see her become a badass, like fucking Aladdin in this where she's no, no, no. She says that she went from victim to victimizer. She victimized (laughs) people, which is obviously the (laughs) the worst thing you could possibly do, which is to become a pickpocket. Her parents (laughs) remember tried to eat her. And in response, (laughs) she picked a pocket well, or two. That's what also, I don't she's understand. very bad at it. She's terrible. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. 25 years old. Just get a fucking job. Like, what are we talking about? Well, right I mean, now? here's the thing. I, I, it's an accurate depiction of like, you know, poverty and not being able. But like, I want to see her become a badass thief who is doing everything that she can. I wanted to see her like become a, a Han Solo type of character who basically knows the criminal underworld. Instead, we see her pick one man's pocket. He immediately, immediately. realizes his pocket is picked. Like, it is it is a second later. She, I guess, did not see this coming. So she runs through this town that you would think she would know if she's been, been doing this for a while. Uh, but no, she runs down a dead-end alley and these guys are clearly they're punching their fists they are going to beat the crap out of her for pickpocketing them <laughs> she very briefly has an orb of light which by the way is not explained at all like she doesn't there's not even a throwaway line of like and and in that moment of terror like how some mutants in the x-men universe their their extreme emotions bring it out in that moment of terror I felt my true power for the first time. Nope, there's no explanation. They just draw in a, a a gleaming orb. It immediately goes out. And then Skeletor portals in and saves the day and rescues her because she's a pathetic loser who needs to be rescued by Skeletor. The end, that's her fucking story. And then she says, I hate him, but I owe him everything. None of this makes sense. This is not an accurate depiction <laughs> no. of an abusive relationship. I want to see her being a badass thief. I want to see her knowing the streets really well. And I want to see yeah. not Skeletor coming in when she needs his rescue. I want him to see, oh shit, here's this amazing person who has all this power. I want that power. 
And I want to see him coming in and manipulating her. Instead, he just shows up and is like, hey, I got this portal. These guys are about to punch you in the face. Come with me. And then she's like, I owe you 30 years of servitude, strange skeleton man. Yeah, I, I see for me, I wanted to see her and she's going to live 20 years in the sewers and we know she has powers because she kind of conjures this weird ball without even realizing she's doing it, which is weird that this is the moment she figures it out. She had 20 years with nothing else to do. If she had innate magical powers, I would have loved to see her using those powers and honing and crafting and developing them to become a badass in the sewers to the point where she could crush those two dudes who chased after her. Skeletor comes out and is just like, you, you know, you have raw power, but you could use training. You could use a mentor. I'm here to do that for you. Plus, you know, you just killed these two guys in the alley. They're going to come yeah. looking for you anyway. Like that to me is a much more interesting way to go as opposed to she's utterly helpless. This is literally, she's somehow waited till she was 25 to leave the sewers, which I still just can't fathom that on any level. She comes out and apparently the first pocket she tried to pick uh, 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 she thought she'd be good at it and she sucked. She also doesn't know the city cause she gets trapped in a dead end almost immediately. And like everything about this is terrible. Just yes, terrible. This is what I, this is what I just said. And I'm yeah. here agreeing with you for the same, <laughs> if not different reasons. Now there's a scene right after this where Tila and Adam agree that secrets are no good. And it was so boring. That's all I wrote. So let's just move on to the, let's move on to where we need to go. Let's just move on because here's the scene. Where we get to the banging, everybody. Yeah, which, so this, this, another huge issue that I have with this. Fucking dumb scene. It's been, it's been leading up to Evelyn sort of realizing that she's been abused and, and betraying Skeletor. But the way that she does that is in the most absolute obvious, like they, yes. they she last left him, they were having a fight, and now she comes back in and is like, oh, since you've been back, we haven't done that other thing that we enjoy doing, which first of all implies that they've had sex before. So again, we just heard that she hates him, not loves him, hates him. So I guess she's been having sex with him all these years. He, I, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, come on, this dude is supposed to be a brilliant strategist who has managed to hold on to power all of these years. He's going to see right through this. Nope. Dude pops a bony and is just like, I know we were just fighting, but this abrupt change is not at all suspicious. And then she says to him, she's like straddles him on his throne. And she says to him like, oh, you need to power down though. Again, he doesn't think this is at all suspicious. She says, oh yeah, you need to power down. Otherwise your superhuman dick might kill me. And he goes, yeah, okay. That seems, even though again, we were just fighting, I'll power down and leave myself vulnerable. And then she's just like, yeah, here, like set your sword aside. You let your power down, totally vulnerable dick near my vagina while I sort of stroke your sword. And he's like, yeah, okay, this all seems legit. And then she grabs the sword and takes the power for herself. And this whole time, even though I know this show is terribly written, I was convinced it could not be this terribly written. I was <laughs> convinced that she was going to grab his sword. And it turns out he had a handle on it the whole time and says, do you really think I would be that stupid? Yep. And no, it doesn't. It's he's just that stupid, I guess. And it's just that bad writing. Uh, I hated everything well, about this. You know the only thing that I liked was that I was like, all right, now we got fucking powered up evil in who oh, has both the powers of the sorceress and the powers of the sword. 
there should be something cool. Strong, but let's face it, a boner will do that to any guy. No, that's a, that's a, what these writers think, bone, I think, bone, and that's boner. why I hate them. To Boner. both of your points, the actual dialogue Boner. here is... I'm happy you took my point. <laughs> point. Yeah. Point. Yeah, good writing. That's not the point I came to take. What? She turned <laughs> it around? Shit. And the metaphor of a point being his penis is actually the sword, which is also a penis? What? I'm telling you, this entire show, this entire show is written by a a 12 year old boy in 1987 with ADD. That is what this, that is what this is. And that is why I hate it. Uh, Look, Evelyn was looking good here. I don't blame Skeletor for being like, put me on that throne and let's go to Bone Town. Uh, I'm fine with all that. Then she takes over on him. She calls the power. And the only thing I could say is, man, those abs were fucking awesome. Yeah, she's ripped. And and like I will say, this last these last parts of the episode are where are what made me think, okay, I don't hate this episode. There's a lot to hate before this. You are but correct. She powers up and and like no one has ever had both the power of the sorceress and the power of the sword before. So Here A, I'm intrigued. B Ske- this is the first time Skelter does anything smart this episode. He sees the writing on the wall and immediately portals out of there before portals she portals out. And so I was like, okay, cool. Now he's now he's not thinking with his junk. And then we go like he may or, or Adam and Tila sort of realize what's going on. And oh, this shit's yeah. crazy. No, I'll say right now, because we don't have like TV stations for her to take over, right? Because we live in this mystical, magical world. So instead she projects her consciousness to be like giant sized over the tops of the clouds. And this, this is how she broadcasts her message to all of Eternia. And I'm already like, that's cool. And yeah. Then she says, and then, yeah. And then she says like, y'all I'm the, I'm evil in. I'm also the sorceress. I got all the power right now. I want to show you something that I'm going to do because I want you all to be nihilist fucks who yeah. just like lose all hope and just start killing each other. Hey, here's a, here's a camera shot I have of your heaven. And then she blows it out. She yeah. fucking nuked their heaven. And I'm and watching all the heroes that we've met earlier from heaven just oh. kind of standing there being like, guess we're fucked. Yeah. Woo! Poor, and they all get thrown man. out. And, oh and my gosh, Moss Man. This is this is dope. This is what Skeletor's plan should have been that all along. Cool shit. Because yeah. she basically says, like, you're all living this ordered existence in the hopes that you will be rewarded in heaven by seeing your loved ones and eternal happiness. So now I'm gonna take that away. Go rape and murder each other, which like, I, I love this. I love that she has just, because let's be real, half of our country, if they found out 100% for a fact that there was no heaven would absolutely start banging kids. They would start, they would just do whatever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to. So I love this. I love that she is powered up, has two powers. I love that she went into the sky and said, your heaven's gone. Now go crazy. So I love this. And then I love that like Tila and Adam and everyone is like, this is really bad, right? And there's no way we can (laughs) win. And then Tila is like, I guess the only way that we can win is if I actually accept the fact that I'm the sorceress's daughter and try and master my power in enough time to defeat this bitch. 
And I'm here for it. I want to see Tila, you know, Rocky Foring this shit. I want to see her training in snow, even though the odds are against her. She says, like, can you buy me some time? And they're like, yeah, we'll we'll try and buy you some time. I am now looking forward to a showdown between evil, all-powerful Evelyn, who just blew up heaven and has nothing left to lose, and Tila, who basically is like has no idea how to master her power, and 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 but she knows that if she fails, that's it. They're all they're all gonna be raping kids. Take the shot, though. Take so we got the t- shot. Two more episodes to wrap this up. Is that is that how that works? I guess. I mean, honestly, this and this ends in a cool way too, because you realize that where Skeletor portaled to is the castle and Adam. So now I love it. I love when when bad guys and good guys team up despite their differences. So I, like, but also you kind of don't want Skeletor to defeat Evelyn after he's been abusing her for years. So I like all these, these plot points. I, I like, I want to see Skeletor convince them that like they have to pair up with him because Evelyn's much worse. Than, all he wanted to do was kill He-Man she just obliterated heaven. Gina, it's cool. This is what make me like made me like this episode, despite all the earlier sexism. I, it was shocking. Were, I, I didn't think the show could shock me, but that was shocking. If there were any uh, historical precedents for this show doing a good job <laughs> with a good idea, <laughs> I would be excited because, like, that's kind of cool. Evil Lynn's doing some crazy shit. This is like some uh, Philip Pullman business. I'm just going to kill God. <laughs> there, did it. Stuck <laughs> on that. Yeah. Uh, and Skeletor, like, of course he's going to go. And, it, uh, you know, like, they they, they uh, telegraph it pretty much. Like, oh, boy, we'd welcome any help. Yeah. And then that there's, line, like, yeah, a pause. Like, that line right there is too much. Any help. Um, all of this would be great, except that everything we've seen for the past eight episodes has told us it's just going to be a god-awful ham-fisted schmoz. Yeah, and but anything here's the that we think will be cool will just be jammed down our throats. This show is the abuser, and I am the abused woman <laughs> who believes it when it say, listen, says, listen, baby, I know I've never been written well before, but I swear that's all behind me. I'm going to I'm going to write you so good, baby. I'm going to be I'm going to come home on time and really write a script. And I am like, oh, yeah, OK, that sounds great. I know I'm going to be burned, but all I can think is how I would write it from this point. And right. it's great in my brain. See, what I like and about I this Beast show, Man, especially the what I, what I, I like about I the Beast end Man, of this I'm, show, I'm going to come in Jan. and say. You should uh, you should definitely do that. You know what? You should uh, you should get rid of uh, Kevin Smith, and you should be the you know. Oh shit! You should join. You should be I'll be your new showrunner, baby. I'll just like give it. me your uh, sweet sweet uh, 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 words because you know you deserve it. You've been well, you've had the words in you all this time. I was just what this show makes me so happy is that it makes me feel smart because I oh knew Skeletor God. was going to be at that door. Everybody. Any show that makes Ray feel smart is immediately <laughs> evil. <laughs> like they, they literally sit there and like, man, we are sure up against it. We would take literally any other entity on the planet to help us, even if we hated them and had a bone to pick with them. Knock, knock, knock. It's me, Skeletor. I knew it. Man at arms. 
Man at arms, what are you doing here? I brought I brought my friend, the purple the purple guy from my jail cell. Monster. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know why this show feels the need to do that. I don't know if they uh, were getting notes. I don't know if it's just an aesthetic choice to be like, hey, we're gonna be real dumb and and uh uh really telegraph stuff. I don't know if they were getting notes that were like, well, you might have kids watching this and they won't get it unless you really I don't know. It's again. Uh, my my number one complaint from the beginning was that tonally this show is all over the place and yeah i don't know if it's an if it's a show for adults don't don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was um absolutely delightful that i was just like are we that's where we're i mean we could just there's a lot of ways we could do this is this how we're well, that's how we're doing it yep here we are we made it skeletor joining the crew once and for all. And you know they're going to be fighting Skeletor again. Like, there's, he's going to get one last grab at power. It, but, uh, that's the actual final battle, right? That's We all know that's where we're going, right? I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know, again, I know how I would write it. And it's like, we, we've seen that that uh, Evelyn is sort of capable of redemption. At least a little bit with those Orko scenes. We know that Teal is going to have to sort of take over the power of the true sorceress. I mean, I don't know if they, if they're they going to do like sort of fan service satisfaction, the easiest way to do that would just be to like battle them. He-Man takes back the sword. Teal becomes the new sorceress. Evelyn and Skeletor are left totally powerless. Evelyn ends up with Beast Man. I think that that's probably how they're going to do it, and there's going to be no shades of gray and no nuance. I, I I would love it if there were some twists and turns in there. Like maybe it looks like evil, like they get through to Evelyn and they think she's going to be redeemed at the last second. She realizes no, she wants the power because they've been talking about how this absolute power corrupts absolutely everyone but He Man. Uh, yeah. you know, but, but maybe in the end she realizes that she's being overcome by power. So what she does is she like kills herself and takes out Skeletor in a last ditch effort to like stop this bad that she like with her last bit of her, her brain of herself, like she takes them both out and sacrifices herself. So she is sort of redeemed. And then, like, we just see one sad last shot of Beastman jerking off to a picture to, of her. That's how I would write it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> we just closing credits happen on the final episode of yeah. you know, episode 10. And then they sail off Skeletor. You know, he's off doing whatever. We see He-Man finally getting a night's rest. Tila is sort of doing her thing. And then the camera just pulls back to just see Beastman jerking off into a corner by candlelight to a picture of Evil Lynn. Yeah. Roll credits. That's why you need TV's Gina Ippolito on your production. Hire her today. <laughs> I have nothing more to add to that. That was a wonderful episode. I've already checked out. I don't know <laughs> why we're still talking about this. Jan, you could have said that three years ago. <laughs> I did. And you I'm still that- here. <laughs> you still said I that hate this. I hate ago. you. Let's be real. But I'm still here. <laughs> You hate me, but you're still wanting to get the point. Why don't we do that thing that we enjoyed doing so much before? <laughs> the, the, our favorite pastime. Again, Look why are they being coy? I am Who now. is the audience for this show? If the audience is adults, she doesn't need to be coy. 
Yeah. If the audience is kids and be coy, but like they've got Castlevania with like blood and guts spurting up out everywhere. Like, I don't know who this audience is. I'm not sure they know who their audience is other than like 40 year old guys with nostalgia. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense. 40 year old guys with nostalgia, at least their audience, they are afraid of sex. So you can't be too overt. You need to give the, the neck beards like just, just enough for them to be like, I I know what they're (laughs) talking about. But as soon as she says out now, like I like sex and we should have sex. They'll be like, Oh, Oh my God. Uh, I don't like that. That woman said that. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's the part that confuses me because they do so many choices like that and uh, implying that that's who their audience is. But then they they ramp the story about Tila and Evil Lynn. Those are really the two main characters of this, not Skeletor and He-Man, right? Which is why the 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 the, the gentlemen in their underoos uh, have have review bombed this down to a 5.2 on IMTB because they flat out rejected how quote unquote woke it was. Why was it woke? Because women exist. That's what makes mm-hmm, it woke, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't I, I don't mind the idea of making it about Tila and Evil Lynn because that's a story we haven't heard before. That's interesting. This is a new take on what we could be doing. So, but the fact that they did it for an audience that would flatly on its surface reject those ideas means that like from the ground up, this thing didn't make a lot of sense. And I'm enjoying it. Like I'm one of the few people that they're aiming it for. That, that is actually okay yeah, with you're it. The I'm in. You're I'm the 40-something-year-old neckbeard. <laughs> I mean, look, I have a brand, and I'm sticking to it. Um, But that's our show, everybody. Any last things you guys want to say about Masters of the Universe, The Gutter Rat, Part 2, Episode 3 of Season 1? Uh, I will say has, that uh, oh, there at he is. first I thought the uh, Gutter Rat was going to be uh, Andra. Because she was like, I grew up real poor. And then they sure. like, oh, no, it turns out that it's <laughs> Evil Lynn. And that's actually what made me think that they're going to uh, put them together because they both realize, oh, we're poor people. And as poor women, we must have sex. Um, sure, it that's how it works. Yeah. Just one more like thread that is uh, really uh, awkwardly and ham handedly. Works for me. I, I want to go home now. Guys, only two more episodes of this, <laughs> although they did just announce a follow-up series. What was it? Masters of the Universe Retaliation? Was that what it was? So we got more He-Man after we're, we might not we might not do that series. <laughs> you fucking better not. Look, just because I want to, just to hear Chan upset. Look, as much as you guys love hearing me upset, I love hearing Chan upset just as much. Gina upset, not as funny, quite honestly. Gina angry, funny. Gina upset, <laughs> not as funny. Chan angry, also funny, but Chan upset, most funny. I just like that I I started out by saying I didn't mind this episode, and then I shat on 24 <laughs> minutes of it and like yes, 30 seconds of it. But for this show, that's I a pulled plus. It around. 
I thought this again. This show could have been. This show could have been contained in an email. We didn't need it. This was just so much. This is so much calm before the storm. This is so much. We have two episodes we're very proud of, but sadly, we need an entire episode of exposition to set up those last two episodes. We're in. But trust me, these two episodes that are coming are gonna are gonna blast. You're gonna love the shit out of it. Look, we know this episode was boring, but we we made Evil Inn and Skeletor fuck. What more do you want from us? We tried to spice it up for you people because we knew it was dog shit that's what i got out of this episode yeah and that's our show hit us up on the social medias facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast go check out our merch store uh that's in the notes of this show because i don't remember what our earl is but it's like tpublic.com slash knowing is half the podcast maybe it's what we put for everything else so why wouldn't it be this too in any case, you can find us on Twitter. We're at G.I. Joe Podcast. You can also find us at patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Did I say it? I'll say it again. Join the Patreon. Get all the things. We've got a we've got a we've got a meetup coming soon. We got a meet and greet. We're gonna meet some people. Maybe. Maybe. But if you're on Patreon, you already know that because we posted about it. In any case, individually on Twitter, you can find me. I'm at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. What? I already told you I checked out. I'm at Gina Ippy. Yeah, but just pure muscle memory at this point, Chan. (laughs) You know when I say that line, like you should feel compelled to say it. You're lucky I got it that quickly. Yeah, I'm lucky I got it at all. Only four others share this secret. Guardians of Grayskull all. Amidst an army of the honorable. Committed to guarding Castle Grayskull from the havoc of destruction. For those who control Grayskull, control the power. The power to be masters of the universe. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.